Welcome back to the Value Adds Value podcast. My name is Kyle Krieger, and I am here with my co-host and co-founder, Wilkie V. Law III. We want to thank you for taking time to listen and share your stories with us. We appreciate you, whether you're listening on SoundCloud, on YouTube, on iHeartRadio, or on iTunes. We are a podcast for educators created from a six-year conversation between us, two educators from different backgrounds and journeys that discovered that the true value in education is in the connections that teachers make with their students and the relationships that develop from that connection. The purpose of our podcast is to provide educators a platform to share their voices with others, make those connections, and to return value to the classroom experience and the teaching craft. Above all, we believe that when you add value to yourself, you add value to others. So welcome to Value Adds Value. Hey. Inspiring teachers. That's our how-to. You're listening to Value Adds Value. Inspiring teachers. Inspiring teachers. That's our how-to. That's our how-to. You're listening to Value Adds Value. Inspiring teachers. That's our how-to. You're listening to Value Adds Value. Inspiring teachers. Inspiring teachers. That's our how-to. That's our how-to. You're listening to Value Adds Value. Welcome back to Value Adds Value. This is Kyle Krieger along with Law. It is currently 6.15 on the Teacher Heart Out Cruise Sunday. We are about to, um, in an hour and a half or about two hours, get on a, uh, a bus and go deliver school supplies and do a school tour. Uh, of the school in Nassau, the Bahamas, which we are super excited about, man. How's it, how are you feeling? I feel great, man. Yeah. I slept pretty good last night. Yeah. Um, didn't really get, you know, didn't feel much of a wave or anything, but it was kind of, um, yeah, just kind of interesting, man, just to still be here. And it's like, even though we had all the conferences, sessions yesterday, right? The sessions continued because there were so many great conversations that I had right. after the session yeah. uh, with presenters and with participants um, to kind of just, and, I, and you know me, I, I like to pick people's brains, man, and I, 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 you know, I have my, it's funny, I have my We Connect cards, shout out to Chad Little Film Will Wise again, um, and, and I said, you know, I'm going to take one of those questions today and I'm just going to poll them to everybody that I ask, I'm just going to ask everybody the same question. When I get an opportunity, I think that um, yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah, it was good. I mean, a great. Um, I'm so impressed with the teacher heart out um, crew. Uh, you know, Eric and Michelle and you know, I got a Chelsea and, and those people who have been so flexible and made everything work and made sure everybody got their sessions and got to do them. It was, it really turned out to be really cool. And, um, looking forward to one more day on the boat. Tomorrow we'll be docked and back to reality. Are you guys taking, I don't know, you guys are staying. Yeah, we'll, we're, we're going to stay, stay in South Beach for a little bit, man. You're uh, staying until Thursday? Wednesday. Wednesday? Yeah, we leave out Wednesday and um, I'm excited about that, man. I've never been to South Beach, so. You know, we figured we're in Miami, might as well take advantage. This is this is work. This is work. And and that's what I need to get people to understand. Like it's it's on a boat. It's fun. But there's still it a is. professional development. 
Right. And and I was just really amazed at when that a lot of the participants, you know, for those of you who don't know, we docked at Coco K yesterday, as we said in the podcast. But the other people on the boat got off to go to Coco K to spend the whole day. And we did we went over to Coco K for lunch. I uh, went and had lunch. Um, kind of got a quick brief little tour of, of some of the things around it. And you said Coco K is did you or maybe somebody told me Coco Cay's only been open like two yeah. months? Open, open, up, open up in May 2019 this year. So, um, but I thought it was amazing to see that the teachers who came on the cruise, a lot of them did not fuss about not being able to go to Coco Cay. You know, they didn't make a stink about, oh, we could be on an island. We're on a cruise ship. You know what I mean? And we're, we're doing PDs, which, which mean, I can't say enough about the amazing sessions I went to yesterday. I posted on Instagram by Casey Bethel, talking, talking on our heartstrings. Yeah. Um, I had the privilege of being with him for two sessions back to back, one on special ed, being a co-teacher, and the other one on uh, building relationships. In my debrief yesterday, man, like I got emotional again uh, about what he brings to the table. And I said, he is truly that heart. He can teach your heart out. Like he brings that passion. And, yeah, he's right at the center of it. Yeah, and it's, I think it's, it's a good example. You know, they say surround yourself with people who, who are doing things the way that you want to be doing them, or doing things in a way that you want to be doing them. And he is definitely one that I'm really thankful that our paths crossed and that we made that connection and it's been amazing ever since and so still so funny i mean you would have heard this on the prior podcast episode but it just happened yesterday that he happened to be walking through yeah came and rapped with us and so did vanessa so but you know we'll we'll probably in the next few days do it a total once we're both back home do a do kind of a total debrief of of the event and letting everything sink in. But today uh, on the podcast, um, why don't we talk about new popular culture before we even like dive into the meat so that way we don't forget. So um, we are so fortunate to be able to offer you, the hardworking teacher listeners of the Value at Value um, podcast, a three-month free subscription, gold member subscription to Nearpod. Um, and with that comes a $25 content credit. Now, for those of you that don't know what Nearpod is, you're not familiar, it's an online teaching platform. Is that the best way to Present, describe presentation. it? Presentation. Presentation platform um, that not only... Um, allows you to create your own slides, your own slide decks, your own lessons, but there is a wealth of pre-made lessons pre-made and content. content. In every that, subject area. In every subject area. And they have people who are completely dedicated to um, to just creating content and curriculum for them. So um, it's an incredible value. Uh, you know, three months to really try it get your feet wet and see if it's something you want to do through the school year. I know that we are both, we're both planning to use it um, and continuing to build the relationship with Nearpod because all the people we've met from Nearpod and we've been fortunate to meet a few have been wonderful and they are just 
were fantastic teachers not that long ago to where they're they're still creating great things. So um, if you go to nearpod.com backslash value adds value, that's where you can get that offer for three a three month gold subscription and twenty five dollars in content for it. And I tell you, it is it's well worth it. Um, talk about student engagement, um, being able to present the lesson as a teacher by yourself or being able to have it student paced where you can send send it out to your students and your students can go through it. Um, I, I know I've played around with it last year toward the end of the year to get used to it. Um, I'm doing more work with it this summer, putting some of the things that I've already created into Neopods uh, and going through their catalog. I mean, I actually, funny thing is this school year during one of our academic nights, I actually won a set of uh, the VR goggles. So, you know, again, over, I think it's like over over 100,000 different VR field trips that you can take via Nepal, Nepal. If you're teaching history and you're teaching a lesson on Africa and you want to take the kids on a tour of the pyramids, it's on there. They can put the goggles on and go on a virtual reality field trip. You want to go to France, you can have it, have them go on a virtual um, field trip of, the, of France and they can see the Guggenheim and all these different things. Like, there's so much. There's a wealth. My, I let my kids play with the goggles. And they went berserk because you're literally walking through and getting to experience these places and these things, the Arctic, which was really interesting because the kids, you can see the kids trying to pet the things that they see and trying to- Come here, Bang. Come here, Penguin. Come here, happy feet. You know, but it, like I said, it's just an amazing platform. You talk about student engagement, which is one of the things that was kind of the, the theme for most of the sessions I went to yesterday. Um, and Casey did a great job talking about there's a difference between excitement and engagement. Oh, and that hit that me was like it. A that was of, of the one, the one, the one point that stood out to me more than anything is when he said, "In student, you know, getting students excited only turns to engagement if they follow you when it comes time to learn. Yeah, if they follow you into that learning. If they say, you know, he gave the example of he had lit off fireworks in his class, and the kids were just." raging and ready to go and when he tried to move the lesson forward to learning they were just wanting to do more fireworks yeah they wanted to go back to the fireworks there was not a there was not a, a, a the trail that he tried to blaze didn't go to the place that he wanted to go to and that's right. just interesting that you have you know but again most of the time we think that if you have sitting there and you're doing excited and excited kids are excited kids are making noise kids are excited and making noise then the question becomes um, now how do you transfer that information to engagement to full engagement so. mm -hmm. all right so now that we've droned on let's talk about um, leveraging relationships to create student leaders that's what we uh, Said it was the pertinent topic this morning. Mm -hmm. Leveraging relationships to develop student leaders. Ah, I think before we get into that, we have to talk about the idea of leveraging relationships first, which is one of the things that we, we believe strongly in is that not only do you have to build relationships with students, not only do you have to um, do something to maintain that relationship with students, 
But that last step of the process is to leverage that relationship. And I believe that when you get to that point of leveraging the relationship that you're doing with students, then you have a, it's, I'm trying to think of the word to use. Um, you have you have this sense of um, expectation for the student. Because once you're in a relationship, you understand what the expectations of the other person is. And I believe that that is what we have to do in order to develop students into leaders. Because students are not just born to become leaders. There are some that are just born leaders. There are some that are wonderful leaders. And then there are some that are just, um, um, that, need, that need to see an example of what that looks like. Right. And I, and I think we, we think that, like you said, it, and there's too much of a pervasive idea that that um, you're either a leader or you're not. And I think leadership is a skill that can be developed. I, I think, you know, sometimes we confuse where people want to say that leadership is something, it's either or. Either you were born with leadership or you weren't. And I think, like you said, it's something that can be developed. And, you know, like you said, should be developed with everyone. Mm -hmm. But also you got to remember this, that, that no one's born a leader. Let's just get that clear. Right. There's not a leadership gene. You know, there's not, there's not a strand of DNA that says this is the leadership gene that's going to make you a leader. Leaders are developed. Just like greatness is developed. Just like um, becoming anything is developed. And when you, as educators, we have the unique opportunity to be able to, to foster that growth within students so that they can get to that point. Um, when we say students, we see students like, oh, you're a natural leader. If you go back, you'll look and you'll find that there was a parent. Yeah, there was, a, there was someone, someone before you that, 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 that actually provided those students with what they need in order to, um, to develop those necessary skill sets, uh, whether it's providing them with a detailed chore list to make them more responsible of what they're doing, uh, which is a trait of leadership. Um, having them be, understand how to communicate with other people, that's a trait of leadership. You know what I mean? Like there's so many things that go into what you're doing as a leader versus um, just saying you're a natural born leader. No, those are, that's development. Leadership is development. And I mean, we see that every day in education because you know, one of the things that we often say, and I know you and I said it before in the podcast, that a lot of times the administrators who go into being assistant principals and principals don't really develop into a teacher leader first. They meet the minimum requirements to become a, an assistant principal, which is, in Texas, I know, it's, I believe it's three years. In most districts, you have to have three years of classroom experience. And they're so goal-focused that they want to automatically go there. But you've never really developed yourself as a classroom leader, as a as a as a team leader, as a as a content leader, you know, uh, as, as a leader for students. And now you're expected to lead an entire department, or in some cases, an entire school. Uh, which I think one of the things we heard yesterday is that administration, what what administrators do, make a big deal on the campuses. And if they get it right, teachers get it right. If teachers get it right, students win. 
And at the end of the day, that is what our objective is, is to get our students to win. Mm-hmm. Not, not a, what did she say? <laughs> Please don't, if you're, if you're a fan of the YMCA, don't knock me on this. I'm, uh, I said, we're not the YMCA, we're everybody. It shouldn't be everybody getting a certificate. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, you did great, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you came in the 44th place out of, out of 44, and but you still did great. So I'm going to give you a trophy. No, you don't, you don't get a trophy, Todd. You know, Monica Jensen's session yesterday was talking about how we need to teach students how to be graceful losers. And I think that's a trait of being in leadership. And that's what teachers get to do when you have a relationship with students. When you leverage that relationship, when I know you know me and I know you, and we can flow with one another, now I can use that engagement that you have with me to say, let me help you become what you designed to be. Everybody's designed to be a leader in some way. Everybody's born to lead something. That we're here for a purpose. That purpose won't get fulfilled without you being here. So we have to make sure as teachers that we do our very best to make sure that we, we build those relationships, maintain them, and then be able to leverage those relationships so that students can grow into development to who they're supposed to be. Yeah, you know, it's just it's just kind of yeah, it's like that point of educators. We interrupt this podcast to bring you this exclusive offer. We have teamed up with Nearpod to offer you, yes, you, a three-month gold membership and twenty-five dollars in content credit for free. That's right, free. You can click on the link in the show notes or go to nearpod.com backslash value adds value. That's nearpod.com backslash value adds value for this exclusive offer. Now back to the podcast. Because I think, you know, looking back at my experience, I was unnatural. Like one of those people who said it was more of a natural born leader. I, gra- I gravitated towards it. And it wasn't that I was so natural born. I think I just enjoyed it. Like I liked it. I liked being out front. I liked being kind of, you know, especially when you're a little kid, you want to be, center of attention. You want to be out there leading the troops and doing that. But but also go back what was happening behind the scenes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Have, we, yeah, I have a really I had a really good family life and really good examples to to look at. So again, it was developed. You can't right. it wasn't natural. It was natural to your environment, but it wasn't yeah. natural to you. You developed that because you were placed in an environment that, that enhanced you. And your parents leveraged the relationship to develop a leader within your child. So that when you went to the playground, you went to the playground knowing I am Kyle Krieger. I can do anything. And that belief in yourself that they put in you fosters that leadership that when you get into situations that you begin to lead. I mean, my first job, I was 14 years old when I started working at um, A&W. A&W, hot dogs, and more, and the potato place. There were two, two, two rest- restaurants. <laughs> joint restaurants in the mall. And this was my first $3.65 an hour. I remember that. Like, at at Green's Point? At Deerbrook Mall. Oh, I Ironically, Deerbrook Mall in my community now uh, was my very first actual job, besides cutting yards and stuff like that. But actually working for Social Security State, um, uh, and I remember that I started working there, and it was quickly determined that, oh, he has something about him. 
And it wasn't the fact that I was a great leader. I was great with people. So I had managers and assistant managers who worked with me on my people skills, which in turn made me a leader. So again, that development, they leveraged the relationship and said, hey, this guy had something. They built a relationship with me. We maintained that relationship. So when I left there and went over to the Great American Cookie Company, I then became a, a, as a, as a high school student, at that point I was in the ninth grade, ninth or tenth grade, I was one of the assistant managers, like the night manager that closed the store up. And so that's development. That's people saying, I want to invest in you to help you become what you are going to become. And without that investment, would I have gotten there? Probably. Would it have taken a lot longer? Probably. So I think it's, uh, again, the biggest part in looking at that leveraging relationships is that you have to first build it and maintain it. But what is, you talked about environment. You know, I was in an environment where leadership could be taught. So where does environment fall into the building of relationships? And then, I mean, because obviously, you know, the environment in which we create, you know, makes a big difference in how we create relationships. Just the soil. That's the soil that nurtures the seed. And you can't, um, same with teachers, if you get the soil right in your classroom, you get, you know, and I always joke because, you know, my wife recently went to a, um, a, a, a PD and uh, visiting a coal mine. And they, we had to take our dirt from our, from our home and they checked all of the pH balances of the, of the dirt and everything to see where we are, whether or not our ground was good ground to plant and do things. And it was like, oh, you have low erosion. You have great soil. You need to be able to do this. You should be able to do that. You should be able to do that. So when your soil is right, you know, I, I laugh at a friend of mine who says, man, you know, you can literally go down to Hawaii and just drop seed down on the ground and it'll grow. Why? Because the soil is so rich from all the lava. So when you create in your classroom the environment to where you, all your levels are so on point with what you're setting in your classroom, you're so conscious and intentional about what you're doing. You're making sure you're keeping the right things in and taking the bad things out and making sure there's a good balance between everything. When you do that, you'll develop students. You will automatically go ahead and go and do that. But you can't do that before you first build those relationships. So so once you've built the relationship and you have the right environment to maintain it, what what's the difference? I mean, because this is something we've been talking about for multiple years, that, that leverage piece. So what does it look like in practice to be able to have the relationship to leverage and then what are examples of how you would leverage relationships? Hmm. Okay, I'll just give a quick example of um, me doing my after school program this, this school year. I love being in middle school because there's so much more activity and so much more movement with the students. Um, but we, um, in that process, one of the things that I do is I really talk about relationships really talk about um, what's faulty about it, what, what what makes you feel uneasy about it, you know, and we talk about that. And I, with those group of kids, we built such a great relationship that many of those kids in that program turned around, excuse me, and became leaders within my 
Let's go. You ready? One, two, three. Let's go. I'm like, ah. And when they get to that point, they stop. And just doing something like that helps them to see that, you know what? No, it's not going to always be a room that you're going to come in and sit down, take out your pencil and paper, and be ready for class. No. Sometimes I'm going to give you a piece of paper with a word on it that's going to have a writer that I'm going to say, go around and find your rallying match to your phrase. Find a person that matches your rallying phrase. And when they're going around, they want to get done. Put the music on and say, okay, now let's put it together. It starts over here. Let's go all the way around the room and put this song together. And when the kids see that, they're like, oh, that's what you do when you're leveraging relationships. Because now you know me. You know this is what I'm about. So now you're excited to do whatever it is. I tell people, when you have the right relationships, kids will try to be a juggernaut and run through a brick wall for you. But if they don't have their relationship, sometimes they'll sit in the back of the room like a quiet mouse and never say anything. And you can you grow a kid that way? If that kid in themselves is disciplined, yes. But if they're not, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna lose them. And you know, even my reflection on this past school year, I lost a lot of kids that I did not leverage the relationships on, and I did not do. I feel I didn't do a great job of connecting with them. Um, certain students, like there's pockets of students that I can see in each one of my groups that I did not make that connection with. And again, it gives me something to work for again next year. Yeah, and I just, and I think back to the, you know, to the kid that, you know, once you start to leverage that relationship, they become, you know, your greatest advocate in class. They're the ones that are saying like, hey, you know, you get to that point where like, you know, that, that, kind of ideal dream point where kids are monitoring themselves and policing themselves. And That's when you have student leaders. You know, hey guys, be quiet. Hey guys, hey guys. You know, when I can walk out of my classroom to do hallway duty and my kids are going in, your student leaders are the ones who are going to be saying, hey guys, you know, you know, we're, you know, the work is up. You know, you're supposed to get the computers. Who's the technology managers? You know, who's, 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 who's doing the attendance? Who's setting up the, like when you, when you do that, you're, you're, everything moves so smoothly because it moves a lot smoother because you don't have to work so hard once you start leveraging those relationships because then students or, start working or, for you. Or, or heaven forbid in the middle of the class you could step out for 33 seconds and go to the bathroom without having to worry about whether your kids are going to... Or like several times I had to do, go around to, the, to my neighbor's classroom or go into a classroom where a sub is and I'll tell my kids, hey guys, Subs having issues. Oh, we got you, Mr. Lowe. We got you, we got you. And I'll walk down the hallway to go check on and help another teacher out and come back to my room and my kids are doing what they're supposed to do. Now, does it happen all the time? Man, dealing with human beings. <laughs> but, but even still, like, you know, even if they weren't perfect and doing exactly, when you come back in, they're going to go back to what, to what they were doing and, and the right things. And, you know, but, you know, creating student leaders isn't just a benefit for us, you know, like we, we know that, you know, leadership traits that, and, you know, the ability to build relationships and those things that we would develop into a leader. I mean, it's not so much that we want the individual people to be student leaders. Mm -hmm. We want those leadership traits, those things like building relationships and empathy and, you know, making good choices to be skills that our kids have. They don't all need to be student leaders and run for student president, student council president, and that stuff. But 
But just because lead, every leadership doesn't have to have a position yeah. or a title. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I I left, you know, everybody was like, why'd you go from being a content specialist and leading a team to going back into the classroom? And I say, because I still see myself as a leader. My title doesn't make me a leader. There's a lot of people with a title that are not a leader. Exactly. So it's not a title. It's not, you don't have to run for student council president. You don't have to run for this. You don't have to do that. You could just say, you know, I'll be the best version of myself. And I'm going to consistently strive to be that best version of myself. And I think that is what we do as the educators to try to get kids to develop that sense of almost, I'm the captain of my ship. Hey, fun intent. <laughs> Very much so. But, uh, you know, I think that that is um, that leveraging piece. Like, the more and more I, I think about the visual of that rock, that, 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 that piece of wood is that, is that relationship, that connection between who you are as an educator. And we got to remember, we're one, to, we're 1 to 30, 1 to 25. You know, so there's a huge, you know, differential there that, that we're at the disadvantage, if you really put it clearly. And so we have to use the relationships to kind of move the entire group and that leverage, leveraging that relationship. And it's, and it's the rock. It's the rock. It's the rock. It's not the, it, it's the small rock. It's not the stick. It's not the stick. And I think that's, I mean, and granted, you could, I, I shouldn't say you could jam the stick in there and pull down on it and maybe you could move the rock a little bit but the more effective you are with that fulcrum the more you work to find the the right position to get the right amount of leverage that's that's when you can really move things and and I think that's what it is I mean leveraging relationships is to me and the, the moments, you know, it's it's seizing, it's it's being present in those relationships to seize those moments. Because mm-hmm. leveraging a relationship isn't, you know, the continuous things you do. It's taking advantage of those opportunities when they present yourself to really, like, move that relationship forward. You know, recognizing a kid, you know, in, in the small moments, you know, connecting. I'm thinking back to... Um, who talked about it? I think Eric, maybe. No, Casey was talking about. Oh, he was talking about how he takes kids to Georgia Tech, mm-hmm. and they come back and they're just like. And maybe that's not the example. Well, he talks about taking taking them up to the highest, the tallest building and have them looking out, and saying, yeah. "Look at what you see, and keep that vision, so that when you go back, this is what you see, and you remember that I can do anything." Because I can see anything. He talked about we have kids become what they see. Mm-hmm. So if they see me being a relationship builder, if they see me being a relationship maintainer, if they see me using that relationship not for my own benefit, but for their benefit, when students see that, now they know that that's what I have become. And you may be the only person on the planet that's helping that student do that. You may be. You never know. Um, I know in a lot of situations in a lot of urban environments, a lot of those students don't have, even in some rural environments, you know, I found out yesterday, you know, 
you know, we think we're dealing with issues in, you know, in our urban communities, but you know, teachers say, I live, you know, I teach in, in rural Missouri. In rural, rural Kansas, like, in, like smoke. And, and, and they were saying how they're having issues with, with opioid epidemics, with, with methamphetamines, and kids who, who are in foster care because both parents are addicted to drugs and they can't go home. So it's, doesn't matter the environment, it's that you just have to take the initiative to say, I want to be that for a student. And I think once we start doing that and investing in our students, we, we, we'll, we'll, we'll make a difference. Any final things you want to add in? No, man. I'm just uh, I'm really looking forward to um, getting out to that school today. You know, we, uh, we have about an hour before we got to be mustered up for the bus. So we're going to go up and grab a little breakfast and do that. But, man, you know, it's just, yeah, there's, there's nothing right now on top of what we said to really sum it up. But, you know, that, that point of... You know, taking, you know, leveraging relationships is just doing what you can to take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. And I just want to just leave, you know, call this my seminary issue. Because every time I went in a seminary, they used to teach us that whenever you preach a sermon, give me three points every time. And uh, everything, you know, things are better in threes. <laughs> always. I'm your third, uh, three, three. Um, <laughs> but I just want to leave you with this. And talking about leveraging to leveraging relationships to develop student leaders, the first thing we gotta understand is we have to invest in our students. We have to invest in our students. Once you invest in your students, understand this. It's a long-term investment, so you have to understand that it is a process. It's not a I'm gonna it's not a one-for-one return right away. It, it comes back, but understand that it's a process. And then the last thing is you have to trust the process. You trust the process; it'll work. Don't don't start it and stop. You know, you knew my frustrations this year in the classroom, where from day one, you know, I was like, "No, this is different. I can't. This is this is rough. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it's gonna work. Me being me is not gonna work." And it's like, "No, you gotta Just, you gotta ride it. You gotta ride the bumpy part. You gotta ride." You know, we talked about this that 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 sixty seconds when a plane takes off, from the moment it actually turns and it's ready for. Takeoff has been cleared. In those 60 seconds, the plane is speeding up so fast. It is so rocky. And you're shaking, you're shaking, you're shaking, you're shaking, you're trembling, you're trembling. And all of a sudden, you get to a point where you stop feeling it and you start feeling the lift. You don't jump off the plane when you're shaking at that point. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't jump off at that point. You're moving too fast. You jump off, you're going to do more damage than, than you would. Stay through that, ride through that turbulence. And once you get that lift, you'll find that even students who gave me the worst time will come and tell me at the end of the year with tears in their eyes. It's like you're the favorite teacher I've ever had. I'm not gonna tell anybody that, but thank you. Quick hug, and then they walk away. But this is the kid who gave me bees all year long. But at the end of the year, gave me a hug saying thank you because you believed in me. You know. The turbulence is natural. We're teachers. We know what turbulence feels like. When you make that transition to flight, everything changes. And I believe that's where we have to go. So now the way I look at it is that on my campus, I have an entire group of kids that's in seventh grade next year who know me that 
if needed, I can leverage my relationship with them to help them steal. And then the process continues because then I'll have eighth graders who I've touched, seventh graders I've touched, and the sixth graders that I'm working on. So think about the power for this new group coming in when we have kids who are saying, hey guys, this is my favorite teacher. Y'all better not do this. Because now the kids in the class are like, well, let me see what it is about this teacher that you're saying that you want to come back to. And I think that's where it, that's where you went. Salud. Bless you. Some more uh, again. We're going to sign off, but uh, please don't forget value as value, or sorry, that's not right, uh, nearpod.com backslash value, value adds as value. Um, we are so thrilled to be able to partner with them to offer you that access to that platform. So uh, nearpod.com backslash value adds value. You can get you can get a three-month gold membership and $25 in content credit. is a great time to work on it now while you have time in the summer to build it up and see if it's something you want to use for the school year, but we are thrilled to be able to offer that to you. But you know, for now, we're going to go get some breakfast and go out to a school in Nassau. So. Okay, before we leave, let me just say this real quick. I'm excited because, guys, last last year, I was in a 2X shirt. This year, this 2X shirt swallows me. So you're probably looking at the podcast. If you're looking at a video of it, saying, man, the shirt's pretty big, I'm excited about it. We could probably, I mean, you could probably fit into this right now. I probably just you know. I can fit a lot right now. It's good. It's amazing. Good work. Hard work. Hard work pays off, so. Absolutely. You're checking out. Welcome back to the Value Adds Value podcast. My name is Kyle Krieger, and I am here with my co-host and co-founder, Wilkie V. Law III. We want to thank you for taking time to listen and share your stories with us. We appreciate you, whether you're listening on SoundCloud, on YouTube, on iHeartRadio, or on iTunes. We are a podcast for educators, created from a six-year conversation between us, two educators from different backgrounds and journeys that discovered that the true value in education is in the connections that teachers make with their students and the relationships that develop from that connection. The purpose of our podcast is to provide educators a platform to share their voices with others make those connections, and to return value to the classroom experience and the teaching craft. Above all, we believe that when you add value to yourself, you add value to others. So welcome to Value Adds Value. Again, we want to thank you for checking out this podcast. If you want to connect with us, please feel free to find us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram as at Value Adds Value, and you can also find Wilkie and his teaching experience on Instagram and Twitter at its.will.law.iii. And if you could do us a huge favor, it would mean the world to us, no matter where you're listening, whether you're on iHeartRadio, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube. If you could hit the like, the subscribe button, and leave us a rating or review, it would mean the world to us. But for now, we hope you enjoy this episode of the Value Adds Value podcast.